on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Anne-Marie O'Dwyer, chatting all things the psychiatry of cancer. I want to say that it's very common to be very distressed, to have a very prominent psychological response to cancer, that they are not alone that lots of other people feel in that way and that it's important for them to have information. Information is power, but it has to be the right information. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. This week on the Indo-Daily. I actually don't believe right that priest said I have any harm. He just like thought I knew. But that's how I found out Miriam Martina was dead. How likely is it that Trump will be found guilty of paying hush money to former adult film star Stormy Daniels? We're talking about involvement in serious drugs activity on both sides of the border and as well as that, the procurement of weapons. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. Welcome to the Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 Euro in-store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school. More chances, more prizes, more reason to enter. Kenichiwa, and you are very welcome to the Left Wing Daily, Independent.ie's rugby podcast. I'm Keen Tracy, and I'm delighted to say we are back as a trio today. Myself, Jonathan Bradley, and Rory O'Connor. Uh, lads, there's a lot to get through once again. I think the, the headline news is the latest update on Jack Conan. You guys were there. wasn't quite as maybe positive as what Joe Schmidt had said yesterday. He said he thought he'd expect him to train fully today, but that quite wasn't quite the case. Um, I spent the morning walking around Hamamatsu and the, the green invasion is well underway here again. It's been, we kind of expected the fans to base themselves in Tokyo really or wherever. There isn't much here, I guess, in terms of touristy stuff, but there's a lot of Irish people after arriving in the last 24 hours. But um, yeah, we'll start with the Jack Conan news. What Greg Feek was up today and he said uh, a setback. Was that how he... He described the injury as a setback. He didn't say he's had a setback since um, he said that they will investigate it over the weekend and be a further update after the game which kind of sounds like it's serious my information is that he basically stood you know that he took a stud to the ankle and he should be okay he was he was standing at the touchline during the vision access um chatting away to people and looked pretty up he didn't look like someone whose world cup dream of being being uh, crushed um i think he probably will be okay but you got to take what greg feek said at face value um and if you were to take that at face value it sounds quite worrying it was definitely like an alarming quote, wasn't it? Because that is the kind of thing that's normally said two or three days before somebody flies home from the World Cup. I don't think that's going to be the case, but it just obviously the wording of it, if we have to wait until the end of the weekend. I mean, it didn't sound good, I suppose, regardless of what We'll the, all be uh, keeping an eye on events at the King Pans, King's Pan Stadium to see if he's uh, pulled at the 11th hour in the way that uh, Will Addison was. Well, obviously, we we're all going to be keeping keeping our eyes on that at <laughs> half three in the morning anyway. <laughs> some, some more so than others, it must be said. I know, Rod, you've got your eyes on the Dublin Derby, Derby yeah, tonight. Well, I'll so be up at that time. So it could yeah, be, well, it could be a, a late night for both of you. But, um, yeah, you'd really hope. We touched on it a bit yesterday in yesterday's pod, Rod, that... Like this was such a big chance for Jack Owen, and you'd think like it was a game that was made for him. You'd really hope that it isn't kind of as bad as you know, as feared maybe. But uh, he was the only one of the 31 that didn't yeah. train today, which is massive. So Robbie Henshaw. Yeah, we don't know how much they did, but yeah, Robbie Henshaw. But still, Johnny it's a positive to see him out there. They were out there. I expect both to be involved. I think, barring another setback in Kobe on Thursday, 
because I don't think well whatever but Henshaw who can look after himself and Sexton can as well but you know I just feel that I think I, think I might have said this yesterday putting the world player of the year out there against the Samoans oh, is just happen, uh, no. an insane idea and Schmidt says that both players can hit the ground running but um, it is good news to see them out there it's good to see they're in good form um, getting involved as a light run out I'd say one or the other might be involved in the warm up tomorrow as well it'll be interesting to watch um, because that's kind of the first I'd say almost that's the start of preparations for a few players for that, that that's a Russia game next week so yeah we're already kind of big game tomorrow but you know things are already moving on what, what Conan's problem is now that he's not going to have a huge amount of access into the World Cup and by the time the quarterfinal uh, comes around, he'll, he may have missed his opportunity because the big games would have been over. I certainly wonder what you guys think about it, but I think if he misses out against Russia, it's a huge blow just for Ireland's planning, probably to rest guys in that game. That's because if you, look at, if you look at the back row that's played against Scotland and is now playing against Japan, you don't want to run those guys back out there again four or five days later. I suppose Amani only played 25 minutes of the first mm. game. so That's as know, good as a change, really, isn't it? Yeah, it probably mm. is. And, and he, he's, he said today he's feeling fresh, feeling good, and really wants to get stuck in. Well, Josh van der Fleur can't go three in a row. CJ is probably one of those players who can, but you know he puts in such big involvements. Uh, you know he's, he's he's heavily involved in every facet of the game. They're going to need Tyke Byrne in the second yeah. row. So and, Re- and Reece Ruddock is there too. Who's no, I mean Reece is guaranteed to start yeah. that game. I mean that, that's what he's there for. But yeah. it, it's the others. It's the guy, the players who've played two games in a row that you're kind of starting to worry about being involved over and over again, especially with a five-day turnaround. Jonathan, you were supremely confident. It must be said before the game last weekend, and it came true. The Ireland were, were comfortable winners. We, we kind of chatted it a bit in depth about the game yesterday, but you were off on an adventure, which we'll get to a bit later. Uh, how are you feeling about this weekend? Are you feeling as confident? Yeah, I, I agree with what you guys said yesterday. I do think it's going to be in the region of that sort of 17 to 17 to 24. But well, Rod thinks it's going to be 10. That's what Keane said. Yeah, sorry. I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> you agree with me. Yeah, <laughs> you agree with me. Yeah, Rod thinks it's going to be closer to around 10. And even I was out chatting to a couple of fans today and um, a couple of fans from Dublin, one from Melbourne, um, and they reckoned about 15 points as well. So just gauging the mood from the supporters, I think there is quite a, a positive. Talking to just people at the stadium today, just from a Japanese perspective, it seems to be 15 points will be a good result for them that they don't ruin their momentum in the tournament that you know they can walk away with their heads held high as I say I think they, they have a chance of getting a bit closer but maybe my confidence has been dimmed by having those conversations today but I think it's probably one of those ones where the real areas of weakness in Japan's game happen to be real areas of strength we've seen sure. what we've seen what the tight five did against Scotland and you know Japan's scrum is certainly not what it was Four years ago, under Steve Borthwick, it's a completely different, uh, different base now, and it's actually it's a real weakness now. Uh, whereas it's a huge strength for Ireland, and even just um, early as well. Like if you can get Connor Murray, Pepper in their back three, I thought it was interesting that um, Tupo still playing. Like he's uh, the rugby league convert, um, but he's moved from fullback to wing, but he's still going to be a real vul- vulnerability, you think? And just especially in the humidity, it's going to be very, very slippery conditions and you can just see Ireland pepper in their back three with high balls too. Yeah, the conditions are quite sticky still, aren't they? What, what was it like at the stadium? The, the pictures looked, it looks like a cool stadium. It's like 50,000 to expect. Yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere, which is a bit, okay. of a, yeah, a bit of a pain for Ireland fans going out there. They've converted a wedding venue into a, an Irish bar or they're doing that tomorrow. They're oh my doing, lord. Um, yeah, <laughs> that on the might way not out. end well. Then there's a fan zone <laughs> beside the train station. So the train station's about a 10-15 minute walk from the stadium itself. The stadium is basically 
like on an equivalent of the M50. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's where Ronaldinho scored his goal against David Seaman back in the 2002 World Cup. People will probably remember that. Well, yeah, what unbelievable. One of the great World Cup goals. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, uh, it was warm. I felt in the stadium it didn't feel as intense um, when we were watching the, the start of training. Although as we sat, stood there, it got, it got closer and closer. Um, I think we're due to have 66% humidity tomorrow. The Japanese players should be able to handle that better because they live and work here all the time. Although Ireland are probably the fitter of the two teams, you know, they're at that elite level of fitness, so maybe that'll cancel cancel itself out. But someone like Peter Manny's always struggled in the heat, so that will be a little bit of an issue for for a couple of the Irish players. Um, but it is a very cool stadium. It, like, I, I, although it has a running track, which I hate, it does have a really cool backdrop. It looks like a, a, a you know, and a, the pitch looks so fast. Yeah, because the pitch in Yokohama kind of had that running track as well, and you were very kind of far away from the action. And I often wonder how much of an impact that has on players. I think one of them... Kickers in particular. Yeah, one of them kind of laughed it off last week and, you know, they say, oh, it's a rugby pitch is a rugby pitch, but it has to be a little bit different. And I know I was telling you guys about what I saw Andrew Conway doing uh, last week in terms of walking around the pitch with the ball. But, yeah, it's a big... In, in terms of kickers, it's a big day for Jack Carty. And we touched on it yesterday. One of the big things that he worked on over the last two years was his goal kicking and his stats have improved massively. And it was quite interesting with a piece in today's paper with him that so he obviously he played minor football for Roscommon and he had under 15 trials he went through that but he said it took him a while to learn how to kick the rugby ball properly because he was kicking it the same way as he was kicking a GA ball which is quite nerdy but I think really really interesting so he did he's done a lot of work with Eric Elwood in the sports ground um and obviously since breaking into the Ireland team and Richie Murphy would pay visits to all the provinces anyway to help kickers but how do you think he'll get on tomorrow? Um, it's a massive chance for him, isn't it? Oh, well, it's the biggest game of his career, like, isn't it? But um, I think he is somebody that, when you look at his game, and especially the way he was playing for Connacht, he still has that style, he still has that flair, but he feels like somebody who's really sort of added the furniture to it as well. And, like, that's interesting what you say about the kicking. Obviously, mm. it's going to be a hugely important aspect of the game. But um, from somebody that, you know, going back... I suppose two years ago, probably thought that his international chances had gone when he didn't get on the um, Tour de Japan the last time. And then again, a year later with Australia, it is probably going to be one of the best stories of Ireland's World Cup to have him out there. And look, I think Ireland will have every confidence in him. We've said it before, they haven't brought any bad players to this tournament. They have faith in everyone that they brought here. And it's a big show of confidence from him that he's starting ahead of Joey Carberry. But... I think that just tells you everything you need to know about how much faith Joe Schmidt does have in somebody that he's only given, what, eight caps now? Yeah, Angus Gardner is going to be the referee and all the referees are in the spotlight this week. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Gardner handles it, I think particularly around scrum time because, Jonathan, you've spent enough time with the Japanese at the Japanese media this week. Like They've really been cranking up the pressure and it was interesting that Joe Schmidt said that Keen Healy will use that as motivation. But just, I guess, on the officiating in general, we saw the first red card last night, unfortunately for a Cork man, John Quill. It was an absolute certain red card I don't think any of us would disagree would we um, but I also see Pierre Francis is cited um, yeah. how that incident wasn't picked up at the time is certainly beyond me but it, 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 once again it's the smaller teams that the example has been made of I think it's, that's the frustration yeah. for what the problems have been for the tournament so far in terms of the officiating when you look at the teams that have been negatively impacted the teams that should have been playing against 14 men but have been playing against 15 men instead it's all been the smaller teams and that's not going to be helped by the fact that we did have the first red card 
But there should have been two red cards in that game, and it was England's. Are we certain France's was red? I think it was, but it, like it, it, I think it, it was. Well, I mean, that means the USA should have had seventy-nine minutes mm. against fourteen men. I know. I still think England would have won that game, but it would have leveled the playing field massively, and it would have been a, the correct call in the same way that Russia should have been going for a historic win over Samoa against thirteen men. Australia, Fiji, Australia there, should there's have been a common sh- team here, isn't there? I'd say, well, there is a common team, but there's also the fact that. Your, 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 the decisions are being taken after the game which means that the actual person who should be benefiting from the decision doesn't mm-hmm. and indeed their pool rivals benefit because Reese Hodge can't play against Wales and you know Piers Francis is probably going to be ruled that no he probably wouldn't have been involved in those games anyway because he's, he's a pretty much a B-lister but you know England would have had to play that game with, uh, down the back you know like it would have and, and while the USA were pretty poor but ball in hand they weren't able to get the ball back off England yesterday but you know against 14 men it might have been a bit easier so I think for all that the sightings are correct afterwards, the referees have to take responsibility. I think Gardner's going to come under pressure in different ways tomorrow. I think the fact that this is Japan's home World Cup, that there's a massive feeling that it is imperative that they get to the quarterfinal, you know, for this whole thing to be a success. Now, obviously, England didn't get to the quarterfinal four years ago, so it's not going to be completely set up for them. But he'll be under home, home under pressure, home, home team. The scrum thing has been a consistent message. And then Joe Schmidt came out and heaped more pressure on him yesterday um, in his comments, which appeared in today's papers, um, about the fact that he, you know, he wasn't happy with the way Gardner officiated back in uh, in March when he took charge of the Ireland Wales game. So. Gardner and all the refs are under massive pressure and Joe Schmidt heaped a bit more on yesterday so I think it's going to be very interesting I hope he's not a factor I hope it, I really do um, I'm kind of sick of talking to referees I know everyone's sick of hearing them stop at the weather but the refs are uh, yeah. you know, it, it's it a factor we don't fi- want to be talking fifth about fifth sighting I think, I think I read today Francis like yeah, that's the first that, red card th- yeah that's crazy but I think just on the pressure that Gardner is going to be under I think Rory Best has a key role to play in that regard because of all the captains around there, he's such a calming influence. And I think it, you can often, when you're listening on the ref mics, you can hear the way Best talks to the referees. And it's probably something that we've touched on, upon before with Johnny Sex. And it's why Best does it, because he does have that kind of relationship. And I guess, John, then you've, you've seen that, you know, so many times over the years. Do you think that sort of calming presence will be a factor? Absolutely. Like, I think if you go back to Rory Best's first Six Nations in charge, or sorry, as captain of the team, it was definitely something that he worked on throughout that. You remember like the game in the game in Paris where there was sort of back and forth and how much he should be talking to the referee, getting protection for Johnny Sexton and things. But now his rapport with referees seems so just so natural. Like you heard obviously like Wayne Barnes asking him why he was still here on uh, um Sunday getting picked up on the ref mic and just that sort of I suppose being so relaxed with their referees that they're even sort of joking around with each other once the game's gone. But I thought it was really interesting that Joe Schmidt came out and almost called out Angus Gardner and referenced back to that Wales game because I think it shows that he's been a bit concerned about the way that um, the narrative around the game has been framed just with the referees and the scrums and things like because it's not something that we'd really see him do that often yeah well hopefully we're not back here on Monday talking about a referee decision over any of the games including the Ireland one but I mentioned at the start of the show there that you guys were both on adventures the extent of my adventures today was walking around sort of chatting to the Irish fans but I did share an elevator with a famous uh, French scrum half any guesses Legendary French scrum half. I've really put you on the spot here now. Yashfully? Yes. 
Nice. I was going to ask him to come on the podcast, but I bottled it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I should have, but I bottled it. It's um, scary, actually. Like, I don't blame him. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, uh, he looks like he could still easily be playing. But um, yeah, Rog, what, tell us about yours, your adventure. Yeah, so the Irish, so the Irish Olympic uh, team will prepare for the 2020 Olympics uh, in a place called Fukuroi, which is about half an hour on the train it's about it's where the stadium the Akokpa stadium where tomorrow's game is on so the Irish embassy and the local uh, delegation have you know put on a media bus for us the embassy have been very good haven't they we, yeah, we really must good. say it, like they've yeah, been really really helpful in have. terms of information um, and this was really interesting so what they did was they uh, took us on a tour of Fukuroi to, to give us an idea of what the, the, the athletes can expect next year which involved we went to this um, temple which was very interesting got a tour from a, from a Brazilian monk who uh, lives and, and worships at this temple. And then we went on for the highlight of the tour, which was a visit to the local city hall where we met the mayor. And we had a, uh, a bit of melon with the mayor. We had, we, we had saw the picture. He was in his Ireland jersey. Uh, he was wearing his Ireland jersey. Every, not every, but most members of staff were wearing. And like, I'm not talking about like knockoff Carol's uh, Ireland jerseys. <laughs> they paid the full like player kit. I'd say that the city's budget has been uh, taken up by buying uh, new Canterbury uh, Ireland jerseys for this World Cup, which are going to say about a hundred hundred euro a pop. So, um, yeah, no, he was uh, he was quizzed by the Irish journalist, one of whom asked him how he elected, and he uh, kind of tried to dodge the question because I don't Typical know his suggestion. But then he came back and said, "I've been elected." six times over 19 years and looked delighted with himself so he was loving the attention um, he's looking forward to he said he's friends with Joe Schmidt he's, he's welcome they had an assigned Ireland jersey as well because right. they were here two years ago as well okay. so it's, and Schmidt has obviously visited yeah. to get an idea of the facilities because they're staying closer to there than they are to here so it was an interesting morning then we went down to the press conference and at the nearby Copa Stadium um, yeah no he was a, a bit of a character the mayor but uh, yeah they're rolling out the welcome out. I mean they had Ireland's call playing on the bus, did Ireland's call playing on the uh, in the oh. lobby? Um, I've heard it was all Ireland's it was all sounding so well. I know it was a <laughs> we all you almost had to politely ask them to turn it off, but uh, you know that they're um, very very uh, welcoming of the Irish and they're looking forward to having the Olympic team back uh, in a year's time. Yes, yeah, great to hear, um, Jonathan. You had uh, you made a, a very long trek actually to. Fuka Korka? How do we how do we pronounce it? It's not Fukuoka. I believe I believe that's it. So Fukorka? I've been Fukuoka? Yeah, I've been pronouncing it wrong. The yeah, entire I think time. everyone has, um, including Rod, the, the linguistic specialist. Um, Fukorka. Fukorka. Yeah. Um, but yes, you went there in Ireland. We're obviously going to be going there for the last pool game. So you got a you did a bit of a recce for us. But you went down to watch uh, Canada um, and Italy, and in particular Peter Nelson. So former, for those who don't know, former Ulster player, Irish born. Um, Tell us about him. You, you got to chat with him. I know you'll have a piece in tomorrow's Belfast Telegraph, but wh- how did he get on? Yeah, I thought he actually played pretty well. I was saying, like, the Italian back row, even in the absence of uh, Sergio Parise, really, really stood out. Um, so he got uh, he got bundled over by Bramstein after about maybe about 30 seconds, a minute and a Welcome half. Welcome to the World Cup. Yeah, I was starting to think that the interview might not go too well <laughs> afterwards. Um, but no, he came into the game and really varied his kicking performance and Look, when you look at the score and it's 48-7, obviously it looks like they got completely hammered, but they created three or four really good chances, one of which was probably going to go down as the biggest butcher job of the World Cup. I'd be very surprised if it doesn't. So, like, they could have easily scored four tries, like, but obviously just with uh, with Pete having come into the setup there in the summer, um, the, the other Ulsterman at the World Cup, I was sort of dying to see him, but the... 
main takeaway I think from an Ireland perspective is going to be that pitch because it cut up really, really really badly and you know we're talking about wanting to rest players for Russia off the back of the short turnaround but I would say Joe Schmidt watching that would be pretty concerned about sending boys out to play Samoa on that kind of pitch I think we're going to see the second team for both those games by and large obviously you'll have to have some lads in because some positions there's not enough scope but I think you'll rest up a lot of the players we'll see on Saturday for two weeks because there's a nine-day turnaround between the fight, you know, the, the Russia game and the Samoa game, and he'll obviously be very concerned. I mean, someone like Joey Carberry, I think it was you said said earlier, Jonathan, when we were chatting, you know, that that's not a pitch you want to be getting out on your ankle on, you know. I mean, it, I think a lot of the front liners, I can't see Johnny Sexton playing in that game, and I, there's a few others I, I would say will be kept out of the The box have already done it; they've made 15 changes for for their game. So I mean, this is why he has the squad, isn't it? I mean, and we've we've spoken so much about the depth in the squad. There are another 15 guys who could definitely do a job, I think, against Russia and Samoa, isn't there? I think it's probably just the matter of balance. Like, how long do you want to go mm. without playing for fear of losing your rhythm? And it's going to be something that, if it does come to pass, we'll probably spend a huge chunk of the quarterfinal week debating the merits of it. If Ireland win their quarterfinal, then it's a genius move. And if they lose the quarterfinal, then that's going to be what's cited as one of the reasons why. The fact that the guys lost all their momentum having not played for two weeks. Yeah, I want to see Sean Conan at number eight. It just struck me. I think that could be the, the move of the of the tournament. Yeah, well, that, that's yeah. I mean, that's a way of you know the, what we were talking about earlier about having to play the back rows. I mean, you've got to be creative. You've got three hookers there. One of whom is one of the most dynamic players in Europe. Well, you know, you could definitely already get, done it. Yeah, so, you yeah. can. But you know, if you're picking one of those hookers to play back row, you're definitely going to go with Sean Cronin. Put him at open side. Yeah, and, Richie uh, Murphy. Let him, let him go free. Richie, Richie Murphy was saying earlier in the week that one of the centres. He didn't name who it was, but was running at centre. I think uh, we can guess it wasn't best. Yeah, well, well, <laughs> one of the never, hookers. Yeah, yeah, one of the hookers. Vinnie Hammond, centre. the video analysis guy, was playing on the wing. Kieran Ruddock is obviously a, a good yeah, man, and, and Felix Jones did it for South Africa. And, and I mean, it's limitations of the 31 man squad. If you can't get two teams on the pitch, you got to you got to. Did you guys? your boots I've, I've got a pair of Astro trainers I don't know where that'll do but <laughs> you, I could definitely see you snotting in there um, okay let's before we go let's get some predictions um, for the game tomorrow I think we're, we're probably all in agreement that Ireland w- will win what, do you, what are we talking thinking for the margin I'm going to go 31 17 I put a scoreline in the paper and I can't remember what it was, but I think it was a 10-point win with lots of tries. So yeah. I think it's going to be an entertaining game. Yeah, hopefully it will be. I think I, I'm I'm with the bookies, I think around 20 points. Sounds about right. But yeah, it, it should be a cracker. Um, like you said, cracking stadium, there's going to be full house. Uh, let's just hope we're not back here on Monday talking about the refs. But yeah, enjoy it, lads. Cheers. Cheers. The Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 Euro in store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school.